Hello, Blooners, Balloonheads, Ballisters. We haven't decided what we want to call our fans yet. This is your uh, host, Zach, with a friendly content warning. We gave the internet a place to ask whatever weird nerd questions they wanted to ask, and it turns out the internet is a terrifying place. While this season has been pretty good so far, be aware that uh, we are sometimes, as our editor puts it, adjacent to adult subjects. Also, we swear like sailors. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air but have stopped our journey to Azeroth to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what is our question this week? What in the name of hell is the deal with Cable and can you explain him? I'm going to let you take this because I don't want to have to try to keep all of it straight. I do know most of it, I think. I will just throw out at the beginning... The greatest achievement of Deadpool 2 is skipping Cable's backstory. Yeah. Holy and having fuck, people I... not even think about it. I never realized they even did that, but that's amazing. They It never needed to be done, and it really works there, I feel. I, I was tempted after researching this more today to just go, no, move on. No, I can't. No. <laughs> but unfortunately, I'm me. So we're going to give it a try. The origins of Cable sort of date back to the Dark Phoenix saga. We'll get there. The Dark Phoenix saga ends with Jean Grey being killed off because she sort of blew up a plant or a star system and killed everyone in there. An editorial went, no, you, you can't keep her as a character after doing that. Because this is back when superheroes faced consequences for their actions. This was a thing? In, in the 70s. Oh, wow. That was um, before me. <laughs> so she's killed off. And Chris Claremont decides that he wants to give Cyclops a happy ending. So yeah. he, hey, I know, I just was hoping you'd move past it. But, <laughs> so he has Cyclops meet a woman who looks exactly like Jean Grey, named Madeline Pryor. They get married, he retires from the X-Men and becomes kind of a, like, a recurring character. No one liked this idea but Chris Claremont. I should state that for the record here. I don't like this idea. Like, there's something super weird about you look exactly like my dead ex-girlfriend. Let's get married. Somewhere around... You are a clone of my ex-girlfriend? Not yet! Oh. <laughs> That's what I immediately think He legitimately that. just wanted her to look like Jean. At one point, Cyclops is like, are you Jean? And she slaps him. Which, fair, also. Yeah. But somewhere around X-Men 200, they have a kid. Nathan Charles Christopher Summers. I don't know where Nathan comes from. Charles is after Professor X, and Christopher is after Christopher Summers, his dad, the space pirate Corsair. Right. Who destroyed his family. Yeah, but it wasn't really his fault. We have a future question about the Cyclops family, so we're going to save Corsair the for Summers another clan. day. The Summers clan is wild, and Cable is only part of it. At this point, Chris Claremont has now created Nathan Summers. Now we need to create Cable, who was originally not the same person. In New Mutants, the editor Bob Harris decides that they need a new character brought in to uh, make things exciting. So him, Rob Liefeld, and Louise Simonson, I believe, decide to create this new leader for them. And they want him to be very different from Charles Xavier. So they're going to make something kind of military-like. In classic Rob Liefeld style, he claims complete credit for Cable. He shouldn't, but he does. 
in the same way that Stanley does it for everyone too. So like, as much as I like to make fun of Rob Liefeld, I'm only going to spend so much time on that. He creates this character. He comes up with the name Cable. Louise Simonson wants to go with Commander X. It's rare that I side with uh, Rob Liefeld on something, but honestly, like, it's Mostly a nonsensical just Commander name. Commander X but... sucks. Yeah. Commander X's origins, completely unknown for the most part. They know time travel is involved, and they know he's built like a brick shit house. I will bet money that Terminator inspired major parts of this. Not wrong. Especially because Liefeld's a big uh, Schwarzenegger fan. Shortly after this, the writer creative team on X Factor, which at this point was Jim Lee and I believe Wallace Patricio, decide that they want to make Cable Nathan Summers. I think because they want to get rid of Nathan Summers. Because at this point, I skipped a part. We're gonna have to, I am, this is gonna happen in the Cable story. At some point, they bring Gene Grey back to life. Cyclops ditches his wife and son to go hang out with his ex-girlfriend. Sorry, woman I found who looks exactly like my ex-dead girlfriend. She's back to life. Uh, Chris yeah. Claremont puts this as the moment that Cyclops can no longer be considered a hero. I am a little more forgiving because Cyclops has some clear signs of trauma and PTSD. And also, it was editor-mandated decisions. So they have to deal with, what are we going to do with Madeline Pryor? This is where she becomes a clone because to make Cyclops less evil... Mm-hmm. Like, less douchey. Why don't we just make the woman that he ditched an evil clone of Jean Grey, created by Mr. Sinister? So, Cable is technically the son of Cyclops and an evil clone of Jean Grey named Madeline Pryor. Madeline, now, if only that's where it stopped. Matt, we're not even going to get into the weirdest parts of Maddie in this one. Maddie ends up disappearing. Cyclops ends up taking care of Nathan with Jean Grey, who has very conflicted feelings about the son of my clone is I'm now helping raise. And they have a storyline where Apocalypse infects Nathan with the techno-organic virus. And the only way to save him is to uh, send him into the future with this kind of cyber warrior nun character that had been appearing named Ascani who's part of the Ascani Sisterhood. Cable is also in the story, and it is heavily implied that Cable is Nathan, but not proven there. They don't prove that until issue six of Cable's own solo series, where they just mention it in passing. Huh, like, okay. you know, in the beginning of, like, a Batman issue, they'll oh, be like, how's, how's your dad? Birth? And they're like, the son of Cyclops sent far into the future. And you're like, that's how you confirm this long-running storyline? <laughs> but... At this point, we're going to skip as much as possible into... We're also going to skip major parts of Cable's life, because I don't have the time for that. But into a chronological order where I can, because I can't for most of this. Ascani brings Cable to Mother Ascani, the head of the Ascani Sisterhood. She's like, this kid's dying from the techno-organic virus. We should probably clone him just in case, because we need to use him to fight Apocalypse in the future. Also, I am going to bring... Cyclops and Jean Grey, who are supposed to be on their fucking honeymoon, to the future to raise Cable instead. So they think they lose their son forever. Cyclops goes through all the trauma of that, finally marries the love of his life. They're like, let's go to Cancun, and instead are transported 2,000 years or so into the future to raise their child and flee from Apocalypse. It is also revealed that Mother Ascani is Rachel Grey, who is their alternate future daughter from the Days of Future Past storyline. 
who had been hanging out with the X-Men post-Jean Grey's life. God. I was waiting for that. Jesus. <laughs> I meant to mention her earlier, and I realized I missed it, and I just wasn't willing to go back in time again. They go in disguise as uh, two nomads known as Slim and Red. Slim spelled with two M's. Ugh. Which is to explain why it's not just... You know, everyone called him Slim. Actually, he was... In Cyclops' first appearance, he was called Slim Summers. He wasn't called uh, Cyclo- uh, Scott until issue two. Mm. Um, but yeah, Slim and Red raise Cable for the next 12 years or so. Apocalypse manages to get his hands on the clone, who is Strife, who does not know he is a clone and neither does Apocalypse. Apocalypse is raising this boy to take him over, take his body over, because Apocalypse is getting old and dying and is kind of a piece of shit, who does not really follow his to the strong go the spoils rules as much as he should. He kind of raises Strife to be basically Joffrey Baratheon from Game of Thrones, mm. like just angry murder child. Okay. And he gets to a point where he's like, it's time to take over your body. He goes, wait, you're a clone. This isn't going to work. Why it won't work doesn't really get explained. I should say the few, uh, the adventures of Cyclops and Jean Grey, this series we're talking about, is actually pretty baller. It's just bizarre. Eventually, Cyclops and Jean Grey are sent back in time, back to the moment that they disappeared. Or like a week later, like they straight up just don't get their honeymoon. Instead, they get to spend 12 years in the post-apocalyptic future. They've aged 12 years. No, they're back to their original bodies. Oh, oh, fun. No they just have 12 years of... Of memories of raising si- of raising Cable. Just crammed in their brain all at once. In and a future that they're all working to hope not happen. Anytime... People are like, Cyclops is a dick. I'm like, learn anything about his life. And suddenly the trauma baby that he is makes so much more sense. Ah, fuck me. This is (laughs) a lot. So. (laughs) This is a lot. (laughs) At this point, Cable's like, yep, you're my dad. Thanks for those memories. Like, uh, like, legitimately, thanks for keeping me alive. Like, this is, and also, at this point, Cable's older than Cyclops in their timeline. Oh, so, hi, Dad. My hair's gone gray, but, like, you're, like, 30 and I'm probably 50. Also, um, you've mentioned the techno-organic virus a number of times. This is the point where, part where we should point out that if you didn't already know, that's not a robot arm. Yes. I didn't know this originally. You told me this at one point, so this is... It uh, is a techno organ. It, it's a metal... It, it's a virus that's trying to turn him into basically kind of a metal, mindless robot thing. That he is holding back into just his arm with the power of his telekinesis. Because Cable is scary powerful. Now, in the timeline of Cable, we're going to just go through some of this real fucking fast here, guys. Cable forms Clan Chosen to battle the new Canaanites who are led by Strife. He does not know Strife is his clone. He just sees Strife's insane helmet that is the most bizarre costume choice in possibly the history of comic books. I know, I've seen it. It is the most bizarre helmet. During this time, he marries a woman named, I believe, Alina, and uh, in theory has a son named Tyler. Unfortunately, Strife, during this time, who looks like Cable, disguises himself Uh. as Cable and pulls an Uther Pendragon and goes and sleeps with Alina. Gross. Yes, it's super terrible. Oh, wow. That that helmet for Strife is... It it screams Shredder from... Imagine the neck muscles you would need to keep that up. Yeah, you're, you're going to be very tired wearing that. Later on, Strife murders Alina, kidnaps Tyler, and Cable thinks he's dead. Cable, after all of the clan chosen is killed, decides to go back in time. I believe to try and stop the things that are happening. He ends up meeting Domino 
and forming a team that is originally known as Wild Pack, but they had to change the names because Silver Sable was running a team called Wild Pack, and changed it to the most 90s mercenary team name, the Six Pack. <laughs> yeah. The Six Pack goes terribly. Several people die or are permanently paralyzed, and most of them hate Cable from that point on. I would. If I died or were paralyzed. Thanks to As a member of the six pack. <laughs> thanks to more confusing time travel stuff, uh Cable gets the impression that young Sam Guthrie, aka Cannonball, might be a there was a th- a villain group going on at the time of immortal mutants known as the Externals that Cable was battling. They were plotting a whole bunch of stuff. It was never really explained what, and then they were all killed off. And Cable's like, Cannonball's gonna be the next external. I need to get him on my side. So he forms, he joins up with New Mutants and forms X-Force. Paramilitary, the young kids are going out. Rob Liefeld made some really horrible costumes for them. And then it became one of the best Marvel books after Rob Liefeld left and Greg Capullo took the art. Cable gets his own solo series, gets like a hundred issues, like a ton of time. Is briefly given a time as Soldier X. And then Soldier X is selling for balls. It's not selling at all. Neither is the replacement Deadpool book, Agent X. So they're like, let's take Agent X and Soldier X, combine them together, and create the Cable and Deadpool. And this is where he becomes permanently tied with Deadpool as a character. Not just like they were both created by Rob Liefeld and they appear in similar books, but they became... Buddies? Probably romantic. There are several implications that Deadpool super is in love with Cable, and I kind of love it. Also during this time, Cable hits on Storm constantly. Like, they were setting up a Storm Cable romance for years, and it just never went anywhere. Interesting. There's an alternate future where they have a son. Oh. Uh, Major X or something? I don't know. We're not That's talking about that. Why? 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 <laughs> General X, Captain X, Major X. There's got to be everyone, I'm Who assuming. Who named X-Man? Jeff Loeb. Okay. X-Man is an alternate universe version of Cable who doesn't have the techno-organic virus. He'll come up in the Summers Clan episode. Seriously, we might do the entire season just 100% X-Men themed with the amount of like weird questions I can answer just from looking this up. Oh, honestly. Now, we're going to throw a final wrench in this story. Cable goes back and forth doing time travel stuff, running from Bishop, fighting Bishop, teaming up with Bishop, raising the mutant messiah hope. There's also, a bunch of stuff that I'm not getting into here. I love Bishop. Just going to throw that Bishop, out I actually oh. prefer to Cable, and I'm pretty fond of Cable for the fact that nothing about him should work. I always loved playing as Bishop in the X-Men Legends 2 game. Ooh, that was a great game. But Slats. at one point, the original five X-Men from their teenage years are brought to the modern day, which has a whole bunch of interesting stories to go with it. But the risk is, if any of them die, the timeline is wrecked forever. So people start targeting them. A young Cable from the past shows up, murders old man Cable for not returning the young X-Men to the past, being like, you know how dangerous this is. <laughs> kills his older self and basically takes his place. Wait, so when you say younger, I imagined like a teen. Teen Cable. Okay. So what happens? To, does that Cable then die? It is implied in some of Cable's final words that he remembers this happening. So like he just, he learns. He just knows do- someday that he's going to, that his past self is going to travel back in time or travel forward in time and murder him. The other option is that he's now created a parallel reality, which considering that he fucking killed old man Cable for creating the risk of a parallel reality, that's a dick move. But in theory, this Cable, based off this age, would be somewhere between the further adventures of, or the adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix 
but before he meets Alina and has his son Tyler. Whew. That this is the very condensed, and I left out the whole Ascani son like he's a messiah thing. I left out his time running around with hope. I left around the time that they couldn't figure out which one was the clone of him or Strife. And it was already longer than I wanted it to be. This is, can you answer the answer of Cable? No, I cannot. <laughs> but you certainly tried. <laughs> does, does, does this history of this character feel any more clear to you? I mean, it feels as clear as I've ever uh, understood Cable. Um, and when, when Zach He's a time-traveling Arnold Schwarzenegger wannabe. With psychic powers. Which, yeah, that's all I need. I'm, I'm good there. <laughs> well, in order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. I just Luckily, a lot of fucking ballast. I'm getting that out there right now. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. Today, we'll keep this expedition's theme of DC teen characters. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on? Monster Girl. Like from Invin? No, hold on, not Monster Girl from the character from the Invincible series. I'm assuming because that's not DC. Right. That's who I'm thinking of. Thank you. Uh, that sounded very familiar, and uh, that's the only iteration I know. Nothing. I've got nothing. All right. Then you're just gonna have to make up for it at the end of the season. Monster Girl. It's. I'll give you uh from New Earth. Yep, I got. Mm, I got nothing. We'll All find right. out next time. Not next time. But we'll find out. All right. Well, uh, in that case, that's it for today, folks. I'm so embarrassed when we do this. Like, how do I not know Monster Girl? But also, like, uh, <laughs> it, it's not happened a lot so much. <laughs> so don't feel embarrassed. Right. And this was already a long episode, so I'm not going to make you do one of the ones I have on the back burner. We're just going to be like, that's good for today. You guys learned about Cable, really. Uh, yeah, in all honesty, I don't want to know about Monster Girl right now. We'll save that for later. <laughs> uh, so that's it for today, folks. We're taking off. But before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows over at nearverm.com. It's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with us and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song, Tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away.